This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick. Happy October to you. Yeah, sure doesn't feel like it, though. Well, well, it's been cold, but not, like, too bad. Um, you know, and there's other areas of the country that are getting worse weather than us, so I guess we should consider ourselves lucky, huh? Yeah, it's like, you know, until that future documentary known as Mad Max Fury Road comes true out here. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? You can, but that's a different story for a different topic. Different topic, different story, different podcast, in fact. Um, yeah, there's something called Wasteland Weekend out in the desert over here uh, near Palmdale. And it's basically... <laughs> uh, have I told you about that before? No, you haven't, actually. Oh, yeah. it's. Um, I'll definitely have to talk to you off mic uh, on it. But uh, <laughs> uh, my buddy Justin, he goes to that with his wife. Uh, he goes there, and uh, it's basically a Mad Max world. That's something that's something rather easy to facilitate these days. Yep, but we're not here to talk about Mad Max. We're here to talk about comics. So, what do you have on the on the on the menu tonight? Okay, well, I've got my thoughts on the latest series from one of my favorite creative teams, um, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. These guys have been working together for wow, I think at this point, well over a decade at this at, at this point. I mean, they started on the Batman series, Batman One Shot, Gotham Noir, and they've um. Like we're like um like solidified their must read status on like the image um the sorry the Wildstorm series um sleeper and then um also delivered delivered a fantastic um like ant, um like super villain read in um in- incognito and then you know like they took their then they also did the like their um crime series um um criminal like through Marvel's um well honestly short lived icon imprint because hey no one's really doing anything using that for anything these days but um like and then like you know they they took their um took up shop and went to image for fatal which was eh, okay but you know kind of like one of those series that shows that hey you know it's like even a so-so series by them is like still worth a read and then the um fantastic um 1940 like um 1940 set noir series um the fade out 1940s or 1950s yeah so it's like and these guys basically it's like they deliver like they can deliver a quality read it's like you know what whatever they um it's like it's like with whatever they um whatever series they put out and like you just all you just tell me is that hey you know it's a brubaker and phillips joint i'm there no no questions asked i mean like these guys these guys turn out to like good work regardless like i said even like fatal which like I said, I didn't like as much as everyone else. Was still like still still an interesting read. It's like overall, they've just like have this like impeccable like sense of like sense of like um like cre- creepy noir sto- storytelling that like you know, takes like you know like characters that should be unlikable. It's like but makes and makes them interesting and just sets like all, tells the stories about all char- characters in bad situations. It's like making like, you're making the most of them or succumbing to them and in like really interesting ways. And that's what we've got here with, um, kill or be killed. I mean, yes, it's, you know, it's, I definitely think it's worth reading. Where does it actually fall on the, um, Brubaker and Phillips, um, quality scale? Whew, man, that's, that's an honestly tough one. Cause here you go. It's got some, it's got, it's got some interesting things going on here. Cause it's, it's about this, um, this guy named Dylan. He's a 28 year old grad student who's got his own, own set of problems. I mean, aside from the fact that he's got a history of mental illness and a suicide, and like a suicide attempt in his past, he's, 
when the series opens, he's currently dealing with the fact that his that his roommate and friend is like I'm dating one dating his um long long time girl friend, and um it's like and um then and so, suddenly out of nowhere it's like you know his like his this girl um Kira starts um you know like hitting on him and developing a relationship with with Dylan as well, but Dylan. Finds out that this may just be because of like um, a misplaced sense of pity, and so he throws himself off the roof. It's like like you're feeling like you know, hey, you know, fuck, fuck this life and all, and lives. It's like only only to realize, and the, it's like, and he's like, you know, just like suddenly struck with this new newfound appreciation appreciation of life, until not till like a few minutes later when he realizes that oh, this he he was actually he's actually he wasn't actually. He, he was actually saved by something, by a demon. A demon who basically said that, okay, because I saved you, now you owe me a life. One life every month in order to keep, for you to keep living. And um, Dylan's like figuring like this is like some kind of crazy hallucination until the demon snaps his arm and he realizes, okay, you know, maybe he's not fucking around here. So, but, you know, like, is, it's like, is this really a, uh, it's like, is this demon like uh, genuinely real, or is like this a, is this hallucination? Like this is, I mean, Dylan's able to like put this out of his mind for the first, for most of the first month until like some dudes come over to beat beat him up just for as like a random mugging. Then like he sees the demon's face as he, as one of the guys tries to pull a gun on him. So, so Dylan um you know, then starts um, making plans to um take his first victim, like, and um and it. It's just one this one guy who he it's like who he remembers like that was um who he, he put the pieces together himself and realized that this this guy who was like the brother of his one of his best friends was actually um like molesting him as a kid and so so Dylan like you know like um it's like like gets his hand, gets his hands on the gun like it's like and then um like um goes up to the guy and like shoots shoots him after finally working up working up the nerve and just like the genuine and a half baked plan. And hey, you know, it's like no it's like, you know, hey, no um, no more visits no more problems with the demon. And even though like Dylan's like racked with guilt about this, then he finds then he realized then he gets I mean there's news news reports saying that, oh, like, you know, guy was killed like in this it's like it's like in this borough. It's like, oh that's tragedy. But then Subsequent um, before it comes up, it says like this guy was also linked to a child porn ring, and it's like Dylan realizes, wow, like this is this is kind of like vindication. So, so we so basically we kind of get to uh, like so basically the series follows like Dil- like Dylan's slow slow descent down. It's like like individual autism, but what's interesting is is it's like is the fact that like, all the people that he that he kills here, it's like. Are like our guy are people who de- people who deserve it, and also the fact that you know Dylan is a I, I wouldn't say he's a really unreliable narrator. He is a very sloppy narrator in the sense that the series starts off um, with this recanting a scene that you won't find out about its full consequences until volume three. And he says like, "Oh wait, I'm getting ahead of myself." It's like, and he he and he is someone who would do that like throughout throughout the series he will just it's like he's he just has like like he'll just like say oh wait i'm getting ahead of myself here let me flash back so it's like he's 
it, like I said, it, on one hand, it's like you can you could take that as a sign of mental instability, or just the fact that hey, you know, it's like it's like a human. It's like it's just like a human error. It's like you know, just like someone who's like, oh well, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let me let me back up a bit. Just you know, like we all you know make mistakes, and that's the kind of thing with um with Dylan's condition. I mean, like mental illness is like is meant as a um as a big thing. It's like it's a big thing here, but at the same time though, it's like what he like um what like like at like Dylan's actually shown when he's killing these people, the these bad people. I will, it's like I'm, I will say, it's like that he's actually like you know gen, in a generally pretty lucid, um, like state of mind. So it's so on one hand, it's like yeah, it's like it's showing it's and it's showing us like you know how someone can get on get on this vigilante kick, and you know there's also like Dylan also has the same like feelings about, of frustration about how the how the world is unfair and like the. Uh, like um wealth wealthy people are always gonna stick it to the uh it's like like to the people people who don't have any. It's like but it's like he but even though it's like for like let's say for all of his um it's like it's like mental issues and you know the fact that he's a um he's a violent killer, it's like he still kind of he still comes across as a um as a as a relatively sympathetic um person here. In fact it's I think it's more interesting but the fact that you know like that um Brubaker and films don't try to um, offer any like, real equivocation for for the people he's killing. In fact, when he makes up his mind to kill someone, it's because he's done the research and that these are awful people and they deserve to die. The only time that um, someone, well, I wouldn't say good dies because of him, but it's because like because of some like it's a bad situation, some just some bad. He, he's in a bad place, and that really winds winds up you know like like coming back to haunt him it's like it's like later on like when it's because of his because of his drug dealer and that's it's like that and you know it's like it's that that really just makes him more more relatable just the fact that you know like he feels bad because you know like his sloppy planning got someone he didn't it's not someone he he liked killed it's like and that's yeah so like i said it makes like he by all rights like you know Dylan is a guy who takes takes the law into his own hands. It's like it's like and and, and um try and um administers justice the way he feels that that it should be done. It's like and you know that should make him you know it's like you know like a generally unsympathetic character. But it's like it's but um Brubaker and and Phillips make him into like someone who's relatable and understandable. I mean he's not he's not the Punisher. That's that's for sure. I mean there are some points where. Like um, they clearly acknowledge that it's like, especially um, in the final issue, when we get some some shots of like uh, Dylan's like latest um, vigilante outfit, and you think oh, that's vaguely superheroish if you think about it, but it's only for like a page or two. But um, it's but the series like does maintain a relatively grounded as aesthetic. It's like like throughout throughout its run, just showing us you know like what what Dylan is up to like when he's not. Um, on his vigilante crusade, like letting us get, get into the heads of his, um, it's like of his longtime girl friend, um, Kira, who becomes some, something more as the seri series goes on. It's like, or it's like, or I'm Lily Sharp, the, uh, cop who's heading the task force. That's eventually assigned to the, uh, masked vigilante killer. That's been stuck, stalk stalking New York. So, so yeah, I mean like for the first, 
like for the first three volumes, like, so there's lots, lots of interesting stuff here. Oh, and then there's also, you know, the demon. Well, as far as the first volume goes, it's like, I was absolutely ready to peg this, this demon as being like a symptom of mental illness because everything that this thing does could be explained as just, you know, it's like a way is just that. So there you go. But at, at the end of volume three, um, you know, it's like they, um, the creators make their strongest argument to the fact that, you know, maybe there's something, um, weirder going on here. It's like, and you know, and Phillips gives you that great nightmare fuel, um, last, last page as well. It's like, cause like it, I mean, you know, it's like after all, after all four volumes are done, it's like, I'm still, I'm I, I'm still pretty certain that it's like that you know this that the demon thing is just mental illness that and maybe even like you know a thought like a thought disease at that but I have to I have to I really do have to admire their commitment making you um, investing some ambiguity like in like how how the demon relates. to like is on the page as well. I mean, maybe they felt the need to do that because, you know, Hey, we're still in a comic book. We need some sort of fantasy aspect to, uh, it's like to really, it's like to keep the, um, audience invested. But you know, it's like they, at this point, you know, Bubrick and Phillips have their own devoted audience and, you know, we'd read their stuff. It's like, no, regardless of what fantasy element is in there, fantasy element or not. So, but also like, you know, the final volume, it's like does pick up, an interesting place with, um, Dylan, um, committed to an, it's like to an asylum after a psychotic break that see that, um, sees him, like, you know, try to, um, take, fight the demon, but on, only, um, but actually like, you know, trying, winds up trying to strangle his, um, roommate in the process. And, um, while he's in the, uh, while he's in the asylum, he tries, tries to, he tries to confess to this, but well, reality has a, uh, has another plan for him because he's got, cause it turns out that someone else has picked up his, like his calling as well. Oh, and also it turns out that the Russians who, um, have had this, um, grudge against him after it's like, after, like, well, not just because he, uh, he interrupted one of their, um, like, um, like, um, strip joint operations, but also because, you know, he wound up killing, you know, the bot, their bosses, um, cousin, and then the boss himself. Well, they've got their own, they got their own, um, Mike plans to take him out as well. And they're, they haven't given up on that yet either. Neither has, um, um, Lily sharp as she, um, as even when the, uh, copycat is taken down, she's still not, not quite sure that this is the, this is their guy. And as she, um, continues to investigate, she finds out that, Hey, you know, there's someone else here really fits this MO as well. It's like, and the uh, relationship between, um, Dylan and Lily, that develops in the last couple of issues is really, it's like, is really kind of fascinating. It's like, I, I don't know. It's like, you kind of, I guess you kind of expect the series to conform to like some, if you're expecting the series to conform to some sort of like, you know, conventional morality, then, um, then you're going to be disappointed. But if you're going to like, actually like, but if you're expecting like, like the book to acknowledge, like, Hey, you know, Sure, Dylan's like you know taking the law into his own hands, but you know maybe he actually has a point. That's it's like 
that's you know that's actually kind of kind of refreshing and you know just the fact that hey you know it's like it's it's like sure it's maybe a little disturbing but it does feel but it also feels kind of right i mean it's like there's so many series that you know that you know condemn its its main characters for for doing what what dylan does but um the fact that killer be killed doesn't do that and even kind of like even kind of endorses it it's like in a way that's what makes it just i'm not saying disturbing but i'll just refreshing you know it's like and you know it's like and hey it's like it's also been a trademark of um brubaker and phillips's work to like you know show us characters that you know would otherwise be reprehensible and then just you know giving showing them how they can be sympathetic and that's that's what they that's what they do here and like this this like i said it's a it's it's a refreshing and interesting take on the uh it's like on the whole um vigilante vigilante concept and as far as where it ranks on their overall, um, like, um, like canon, it's like, I kind of want to, th- I, uh, it's either like, um, as good as, or just a little better than, um, the fade out, which I thought, which was really good. Um, sleeper though is still like their, like, like their absolute best, best of work. So, but yeah, it's like, but also I do want, do want to point out that, you know, it's like that, um, this series also boasts some, even more fantastic than usual art from Phillips. And that's mainly because I think that, um, their regular colorist now, uh, well, um, Betty Brightweiser, um, it's like, is like, she turns in some, some really distinctive work here. I mean, while previous volumes, like previous, the previous series, like fate, like fatal and the fade out. It's like, you know, it's just like your standard, like coloring work. This, there's lots of, um, text, there's lots of like texture, it's like and and detail like in the coloring work here, and that makes it fat, absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous to look at. And um, Phillips um, he's absolutely my favorite favorite artist. The kind of guy who, it's like you know, whatever he draws, it's like I'm uh, like I'm always interested in checking out because he always like um invests in like really really weird and off culture things, and his style is just like perfect for either like you know grounded criminal action or just like um weird weird superhero stuff and that's true here because it's like yeah because i mean like like i said you get you get the this is a series where like you've got this guy you know like um struggling against his like at first struggling to um find the find the find the will in himself to kill someone but also you know balanced against like you know there's this demon it's like that's trying to get him to do it as well it's like and that and he makes that you know, that, that demon, like, you know, look like it belongs in this, you know, perfectly grounded world. Oh, and also as a side note, um, while Dylan's, um, his father's history of drawing weird science fiction porn, it's like, is a interesting character detail. It also gives um, Phillips a chance to draw some, like, yeah, like some, some really off, like, um, some off being interesting stuff. It's like over the, like over the course of the, course of the series as he's it's like as we get to see um the kind of stuff that dylan's father was responsible for so yeah that's so yeah that's what with the that's another plus of this series as well so yeah overall it's like this is um this is a great series it's like and i don't know it's like, i mean it's like yeah it's like i mean if you're if you're a brubaker and phillips fan then you've probably already um it's like um like got got all four volumes but you know it's like if you're you know, still one of those people out there who is just like wondering, like, well, maybe I'll wait till the next, see if their next series. 
it's like hold holds up, then let me tell you, yeah, this one's still really good. Go and check it out. So like I said, it's like, so yeah, absolutely. Ab- Killer V Kill is absolutely worth your time. It's like, so I mean, and uh, and like I said, just it's worth your time. Just about this is just as about every um, Brubaker and Phillips Phillips series is. So there you go. Um, I guess uh, John, it's like any uh, thoughts on your end about all this? So what's the best place to get it from? Where'd you get yours from? Oh well, I mean, I always I order my a lot of my stuff these days from like from cheapcraftnovels.com, but um, you know, mainly because like Amazon has been really um, picky about you know when they um, discount um, like ser- series from Image. But the way it's being offered right now, it's like you pr- you can probably wait you, you can wait even either pick it up in like either two hardcover volumes. Or maybe they'll be um, really special and order it as um, and collect, collect all twenty issues as one giant hardcover volume. But I don't think that's how it's going to work. I think you can expect this to read this in like say um, two hardcover volumes. In fact, in fact, the uh, first one um, may even um, be available as we speak. Uh, just checking here. Um, no. Okay. So, okay. But as far as, as far as these things go, it's like, like I said, I, I recommend picking, picking up now, picking them up now. But, um, I imagine that they'll, they'll do either some, like either two hard covers or maybe one omnibus treatment for the series. So there you go. Understood. So, you know what you're going to be talking about next time? Uh, I'm leaning towards um, talking about the uh, like doing a rundown of the first nine volumes of the Ancient Magus's Bride because that was a pretty um, de- as the uh, as um, volume nine indicated this is a pretty definitive breakpoint for for the series as it's going to start a whole new arc in the next volume and plus you know that'll give me a good reason to um, reread this series that I have that I've come to really enjoy over the past past few years so. Or unless you know something arrives and like you know completely um, yanks my attention in, in another direction. So there you go. All right, and we'll check in next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. Later.